0: Putting away money for retirement, since I'm not going to be doing this podcast forever. Sorry, I guess I could, but retirement is huge for me. I am deeply focused on it right now. And planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Taxes are a doozy, and it's always changing. How do you know what to do? Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Say
1: goodbye. Say goodbye.
0: supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Catch your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's Bad With Money with Gabby Dunn. Hello and welcome to this week's Bad With Money mailbag episode. I'm Gabby Dunn. And I have recorded some awesome interviews for the upcoming episodes of Bad with Money. I've talked to Lacey Mosley of Scam Goddess, all about scams, and Cancer for Breakfast podcast hosts, all about cancer funding. The cancer episode, I'm so, so excited to do. We're gonna get into pinkwashing, um, and we're also gonna do a pinkwashing episode about corporate pride for LGBTQ people, and I am so stoked. All of these guests are amazing. I cannot wait to share those episodes with you. But for now, here is more Mailbag. On today's show, we're going to get to so, so many replies to the big libertarian email from the other week. And I will read your Apple reviews and talk about an awesome Dolly Parton story because why not always talk about Dolly Parton? We love her, truly. I'm uh, I'm wearing a Grand old Opry shirt right now. <laughs> okay, so basically the other week... We got an email from a libertarian uh, talking to me all about how I misunderstand corporatism versus capitalism, and oh my lord, did you all reply to that. So let's get into the first reply to the libertarian email. Um, You can go back and listen to that episode. It's called Libertarian Destroys Gabby. So if you want to go pop back over and listen to that, and then come hear the replies here, because there are many. Okay, this one is from Marianne, and it says... I'm an economist, formerly paid as an academic economist, now retired as a denominational seminary-trained pastor. Once really adopting an economist's perspective, you don't stop being an economist. But not all economists' perspectives are the same. I'm responding to your libertarian comment lever with whom I profoundly disagree. Woo, let's get into it. Okay, Marianne writes, and who seems to me to have picked up a bunch of slogans rather than being familiar with economic theory in any solid way. One, I think Lee Badgett is great. Lee Badgett was a a former guest of ours. You can go listen to their episode of the show. But the libertarian emailer apparently had some issues with Lee. Marianne, though, thinks Lee is great. Two. I'm not sure what your comment lever meant by the neoclassical school of economics, really, though that does signal some centrism in the United States. Neoclassical methods were applied to Keynesian conceptions of national, and to a lesser extent international, economics that were about wrangling situations where there are recessions, crashes, and busts, using mathematical models, such as those developed by market clearance economists earlier on. Because I have a subspecialty in the history of economic thought, I have some familiarity with Austrian economists, an economist, but I am not an expert. In my reading of the Austrian classics and hearing Austrians delivering their papers verbally, I arrived at an understanding of that school as being built on categorizations of roles of economic actors and of assignations of value to some, not all, activities in the realms of buying, selling, producing, saving, and purchasing, whether for consumption or to invest in productive capacity. Okay. So I think what Marianne is saying here is that our libertarian came in hot talking about the Austrian School of Economics, and Marianne actually has a lot of experience in that school. Uh, I mean, look, you don't get closer than hearing Austrians delivering their papers verbally. Like, this person knows more than I do. Honestly, Marianne, do you want to come host the show? (laughs) Okay, three. This is Marianne writing again. I generally have problems with what people mean by capitalism. Okay, let's get into it. That's me talking, back to Marianne. I tend to use it in the Marxism sense of an economy characterized by the private, non-government, non-labor ownership of the enduring and material means of production. Not inputs that are transformed into final products as flour for cakes. Not the strength and knowledge embodied in the services labor provides. I know that this is not what most of my fellow lefties mean remotely recently. In a seminary class on liberation theology that I audited in 2008... Seriously, Marianne, do you want to come host this show? Okay. In a seminary class on liberation theology that I audited in 2008, I asked up front that we say whether by capitalism we mean the Marxian theory I go by or an exchange economy or a monetary economy or corporations having a lot of political power or something else. As one of my colleagues said with some outrage... All of that. And the class quietly went with that. Which, okay, I can't work with it, and I think it makes it difficult to know where to apply what solution to exploitation and bigotry and labor suppression and short-sightedness about the environment and education and healthcare and other infrastructure. But if that's what we mean now, there we go. And I won't talk about it. I do not know of any definition of capitalism that amounts to producers run the world, as your commenter said, but I wouldn't be surprised to learn that it has some currency in discourse. Yeah, one thing I did like about that person's email was that they got very specific about what they meant by capitalism, which I think we haven't really done on this show, so I do appreciate that. Again, more stuff from Marianne, but I really did like this email. Number four, agreed, everyone or nearly everyone is a producer. I think it's a pity that the right sold talking about big firms as producers and everyone else as consumers who do not produce. That is true. Five, labor's strength and skill and expertise and health and talent are means of production. They are not material means of production in the nature of buildings and machinery, which is what an actual Marxian or me would usually talk about. So basically, labor meaning the people doing the work. Six, the whole finessing of seizing the means of production as removing expert roles from people with expertise, as was done in the Chinese Cultural Revolution, is uh, non-standard and fecal. <laughs> oh wow! I love when academics burn people. I, you know what I mean? Like, and I, it, getting roasted by an academic is truly next level. Okay, seven. Honestly, I don't remember reading an Austrian school definition of capitalism, let alone reading one that says capitalism is freedom from government intervention requiring a free market and non-coercive means of operating, which means what? Payment for obedience that would otherwise be coercion? I never know what free market means when having an exchange economy so nearly requires a property rights regime set and defended by government. And I tend to think that saying free markets means I am anti-government and anti-labor. It's certainly characteristic of Austrians to disfavor government intervention and to favor firms over labor. However, government as such does not inherently assign economic destinies to people. Over time and around the world, there have been a lot of different governments. It's true that when the government can assign roles and people mostly perform within them, things are orderly. And governments tend to like orderliness and controlling those orders. There's nothing necessary in that association. And nothing settled about people who've been slotted into roles fitting them, settled in them, and operating like interchangeable parts. That, to me, is a lot of what I think about capitalism. Eight was government, but okay. Nine. The vaccine crap at the end had nothing to do with anything preceding it without a conspiracy theory. Yes! Okay, your longtime listener, Marianne. Holy crap, Marianne. That was an incredible, incredible email. Um, thank you so much for that. We are gonna get into two other replies, and I hope that's okay with everyone because I just enjoyed these, and then there'll be even more next week, I promise. So, okay, we're going to get into two more replies to the Libertarian email, and then we're going to go to a commercial. So, here we go. This one is from Sid. Hi, Gabby. I think the theory of capitalism is actually the more starry-eyed and unrealistically idealistic theory of all economic systems. Okay, Sid, go off. It makes sense, maybe, if you're thinking of a relatively small village where each business is appealing to the same small pool of people as its employees, customers, and neighbors. The company that does the best work and pays the best wage will be the most popular for customers and employees. And if it's in the river, its neighbors are the ones who will decide not to buy from them anymore because they don't want shit in the village's only river. God, I love you guys. (laughs) Okay. Okay. In a small village where everyone knows each other, people who cannot work maybe have a chance at survival because everyone knew their mom or whatever and feels a sense of community obligation to not let them starve or freeze to death. Maybe. Today, corporations with the most power can use the whole world as their village, and they cross borders not just between villages, but between nations, and labor cannot move. A true capitalist system without government intervention would mean workers would be free to cross national borders in search of the best wages. This is the mechanism that is meant to keep wages useful in capitalist theory. What possible greater government intervention is there than a f***ing border? Ah, oh, you guys are so smart. I love this. I had, I would never have considered that. This is, this is really great. Thank you so much for writing in, Sid. Okay, let's get into it even more. If companies are multinational and workers are not, the only balancing mechanism available is labor protections like minimum wage and safety regulations, etc. Yes, 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 yes. I love this. Oh, what a great way to think about this. Okay. Similarly, because of the scale of the system we actually have, customers and neighbors are not the same people usually. Mining companies can rip up mountains, shit in the rivers, and poison people in rural parts of Central America and Africa because most of the consumers of products made with the mined materials are utterly detached from that process and its consequences. Anyone who thinks regulation is a problem for business has never seen up close the effects of environmental destruction and sweatshop wages on communities in poor countries. Even if corporations were not bailed out for failing, the scale of their operations and the subsequent obliteration of the kind of accountability we think of when we think of our friendly neighborhood baker require labor and environmental regulations so that the system works for us and not vice versa. God, you guys are so much smarter than me. The idea of workers seizing the means of production comes from an understanding of who actually made all this possible. And that question also now has to include the land, water, minerals, creatures, and people who are not just involved in creating a thing, but impacted by it. What company is going to take responsibility for that bigger picture when they don't have to in order to produce whatever they're producing in the cheapest and most efficient way possible? That is a collective responsibility and the best mechanism we have for collective accountability right now happens to be our super up governments. Also, PS, libertarians can fuck off because some people are disabled and cannot work and without collective support via the government as of now, paltry and demeaning though it is, The only other possible means of support is family and some churches, which means people who come from abusive situations or queer people or anyone whose life and well-being are compromised by the fact that people around them might suck or just also might be struggling would be screwed. And this means everyone should give a shit because best case scenario is that we are all just temporarily able-bodied. Yes, we've talked about this a lot on this show. Uh, If you want to go back to season one and listen to our episode with Carrie Wade, we get real into that. Anyway, back to Sid. There is no escaping death or the indignities that precede it. And the best we can do is decide together how to put true care for ourselves and each other first. Love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. Sid. What a beautiful email and so well put. Just everything about that and the talk of crossing borders and the ways in which the the companies are able to do so and the workers are not was just like brilliant. Okay, one last libertarian email and then we will go to commercial. This is an email from Allison and it says, Hey Gabby, you solicited responses to Lisa's email and here I am. This is a huge topic, but I will try to say as little as possible and still explain my position. I would identify myself as a free market socialist anarchist. Maybe your head is spinning seeing those words together, but hey, hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Okay, I sympathize with Lisa's frustration with how you and frankly most people's use of the word capitalism. At the same time, I reject their assertion that government is the root of all evil, their narrow and cartoonish understanding of socialism and their conflation of free markets with capitalism. Let me explain. I wish you would, Alison. Okay, let me begin by offering a labor-centered definition of capitalism. Capitalism is a labor and economic system wherein capitalists, property, business owners, shareholders, hire people for wages with the purpose of acquiring more capital through participation in, not necessarily totally free, market economics. Capitalism means that property owners get rich off of other people's labors, amassing power and wealth in a way that is not equitable. Some capitalists might allow employees to have more or less voice or might give them more or less money, but in the end, the capitalist is in charge. Socialism means that, depending on which kind of socialist, the community, the government, or the employees own the business slash property and reap the benefits from that. Usually, in practice, this means government-owned stuff, but cooperatives are also a socialist ownership model, and many, many, many socialists, historic and current, do not support government ownership slash centrally planned economies. Free markets are where people can buy and sell stuff however they want, to whoever they want, for any price they want. With those definitions in mind, I am often annoyed when people scoff at the ills of capitalism, because I think it has come to be a lazy shorthand that obscures the more complicated reality. Don't get me wrong, capitalism sucks, but often the things people are lamenting are just as much a product of government intervention and market manipulation as the capitalists. I could go, I could buy that, yeah, absolutely. For example, redlining. This is something I hear people bemoaning capitalism for when really that's only one part of the story. It started with government-imposed segregation of neighborhoods and FDR's New Deal only insuring the mortgages of homes in white neighborhoods and only offering loans to people who live in white neighborhoods. So yes, it was the banks, capitalism, who were the face of denying these loans. And eventually it seems like they internalized these practices, but it was the government that really got this racist disaster rolling. And then she links to a history.com news article, which I will put in the description of this episode. I think that when people bemoan capitalism and ask for government intervention, they are usually making a huge mistake. The government is not some warm, fuzzy protector of human rights. Sometimes it functions that way, but it just as often represents the opposite, and it always protects its interests by the use of coercion and violence, or the threat thereof, which in my opinion is super uncool and not morally justifiable. Even when the government tries to do good, it is usually incompetent to do so. Again, that I can really agree with. This is so great and really making me think a lot about my use of the word capitalism. So maybe that libertarian's email was actually (laughs) useful uh, in that it got you guys to reply. Anyway, okay, back to Allison. Free markets do better than centralized ones, almost all the time, at adapting to ground-level needs and resources. I think we need to be much more cautious about government intervention and look for free market solutions to social and economic problems. Best wishes and warm fuzzies, Allison, she, they. I'm so thrilled that I read that email because I was worried that it was going to get a bad reaction, but everyone's replies have been incredible. Okay, so when we return, I will read your reviews and talk all things Dolly Parton. Stay tuned. Okay, and we're back. Uh, I'm going to read a couple Apple reviews. This is from Sames92, and it says the best money podcast out there. I've been listening to Bad With Money for years now and figured it was time to post a new review. Gabby and their guests have educated me on a plethora of topics and have helped me to change some of my thinking around my own finances. The diversity of opinions is awesome and I really appreciate that Gabby includes guests who don't necessarily have the same thoughts as them. Providing many perspectives helps us formulate our own opinions. Keep on being awesome, Gabby. Thank you. That's very sweet. Okay. This one is from Dumpling, 1,000 stars, 100,000 stars? Wow, well, they gave me five stars, but yes, the subject line is 100,000 stars. I've been listening since the beginning and I still haven't given a review. It's so long overdue. I think I owe you 100,000 stars at this point. Being in your 20s is hard, but at least I know so much more about money now. Thank you, Gabby, heart, heart. Thank you. Okay, so I want to briefly touch on this Dolly Parton news, and I'll put a link in uh, the description of this episode for more. But basically, uh, Dolly Parton's theme park will soon pay for employees to go to college. Uh, It's a CNN article. I'll put it in the description. But we did an episode with Amber DeChambeau and Patricia Roberts all about employers who pay for college. Uh, My sister-in-law, Amber, talked about being in the military for 14 years to um, pay for medical school. So yeah, if you want to look more into how you can work at Dolly Parton's Theme Park, and I guess they will start paying for your college, (laughs) you can read more about it in the link in the description. Now I want to shout out our new patrons. Yes, at patreon.com slash Gabby Dunn, you can get all kinds of bonus stuff, bonus uh, clips from the show. I just posted a write-up of the stocks that I'm currently investing in, if anyone has any interest in that, and how that's been going for me, and what stocks I think are going to do well in the future. I am not an expert. I'm just sharing my personal experience. So our new patrons are Helen, Jen, J, Rachel, I am Fifi, love it and Avi. Thank you so much. I would love to hear more from you guys. Be sure to send me an email at gabbyisbadwithmoney at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail at 844-474-4040. You can also email me a voice memo if you prefer. Join our online communities too. We are on Instagram, Discord, Patreon, and Facebook. Links to all of these will be listed in the episode description. And don't forget to listen to the show the day it drops so we can get on the charts and spread the word. Please leave an Apple review. Five stars, five stars. Also follow at BWMPod on Insta. Thanks. Bye.